Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an educational and entertaining exploration of all things erotic. From sacred sexuality to fetishes, power exchange relationships and leather life, BDSM to polyamory, as well as simply fun kink. Each week, we bring you a diverse offering of erotic life in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. If you are offended by this type of content or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. We are sitting here on the closing day of the Babylon Rising Festival. Mm-hmm. Drinking uh, on some coffee, trying to wake up after uh, hearing the festivities all night. <laughs> this is a, a different kind of event that we normally go to. This one is uh, drumming and dancing all night long. And oh, yeah, heralds, heralds yelling, I guess, and mm-hmm. presenting different different uh, uh, writings and readings and around the bonfire and... Oh, yes. Lots of screaming and in, in pleasure. <laughs> Lots of screaming and pleasure. And this is not a, uh, oh, you're in the dungeon until 2 a.m., eh? Or 3 a.m. This is 6 a, 7 a. As a matter of fact, when I got up this morning, it was about mm-hmm. 7.30 a.m., and they were still out by the now defunct fire dancing. And uh, yep. actually, they just got rid of, there was a big pig roast, and they just finished the last of the pig, apparently. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, that thing was huge last night, too. They had a... Uh, what was it? Feast of the Beast. Feast of the Beast. So that was awesome. And we will be talking a lot about Babylon Rising in um, some of the episodes that we have coming up as mm-hmm. we've picked up a couple of uh, uh, interviews, interviews yeah. on, on different aspects of sacred sexuality. Donald mm-hmm. Michael Craig. Is Donald, that? Donald Michael Craig. Of Modern Sex Magic. Uh, we oh. did an interview with him and a couple other people as right, well. Right, right. So, but like, like we said, this is definitely a different event. It is... Outside, it is um, got the the spiritual track, the OTO track, which is a more of a magic track, and then they um, have the sacred sexuality track, which is what we were involved in mm-hmm. with for the most part. So, great stuff, great people. Oh, watching people walk by with bacon sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we mentioned, uh, this is uh, we are actually at the event right now, and so people will walk by and you'll hear voices and all that kind of stuff. It's part of being an event, which is why. We enjoy being here. Absolutely. And it's actually the last morning of, so people will be breaking down soon and all that good stuff. We have to wait for our stuff to dry out. We do. So we got hit with a windstorm the other night, and and we have some pieces to put back onto the (laughs) pop-up. We do indeed. So today's uh, show is, uh, uh, the the topic of the day is slave training, and our uh, interview is with Nobody, because this is one that we have down. We have a lot of experience with this one. So this is uh, one that we'll be handling on our own. Yes. So. And we have a question of the day, and we have all the other normal stuff as well. So, yeah, well, the question of the day kind of feeds into the topic. So. Well, good. Awesome, awesome. First thing I want to mention, though, is the newly redesigned Erotic Awakening website. Uh, Secret Slave wrote in and said, you know it would look good? And that little bit of impetus had me ripping the whole thing apart and rebuilding it from scratch. Oh, I know. I couldn't talk to you that morning. You were like, leave me alone. I've got something that I, it's, it's nice. So, And it turned out really well. So you can check that out at eroticwaking.com if you want to see what the new website looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got some feedback from Evolution of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So um, um, sent me a picture of tentacle sex, and, and my first response was, 
Oh, poor octopus. <laughs> they had an octopus in, in the location that um, it, it probably shouldn't be. <laughs> probably not a normal habitat for a octopus. Speaking of which, when's your um, dildo going to get in? I don't know. I'm hoping it's waiting for me when I get home. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, during a couple of workshops, people would mention tentacle sex and everybody would just look at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be known for something, I guess. Between the tentacle sex, and the other thing you're known for is your giggle. Uh-oh. <laughs> and we even had uh, a longtime fan of the show, Gretchen, write in and said that you probably even, if I remember correctly, that you even probably what, giggle. giggle when the toast pops up. Yes. <laughs> I think Gretchen was flirting with me. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. I was going to say, Gretchen's local, so we can find out pretty exactly. easily if that's the way that works. Uh, not local is R and C, and they are from. Uh, I don't know why you have the land of Oz. On I don't there. know, but, <laughs> but that would be Australia. And they, uh, the thing that really interesting that we had to comment with them was they have been together for not one year, not two years, but thirty years. Thirty years, and that's always wonderful to see. You know that that people that have embraced the lifestyle and are, are on an alternative course have figured out how to do it for that long and are still enjoying it. So. I wonder, and, and we've decided recently that um, uh, some other feedback we got was from a college student, and we mm-hmm. need to do a college kink episode fairly soon. I think that would be a great idea, because he said that that was his only... He's actually in a very, um, uh, I want to say restrictive, and that's probably not the right word, Why not? college, and um, that the podcast was his only way of... Uh, finding his way to the kink world. Yeah, but it seems like a lot of people uh, apparently think of, you know, kink and that kind of stuff as something they get started with when they're young, and then they grow up and become a monogamous boy-girl couple and raise youngins and all that Mm -hmm. crap. And and it's nice to hear somebody who's been around and been kinky and been wild for 30 years, so hats off to Australia. Yes. And that's, um, I would say, we are getting more comments from Austra- United States first, and then secondly is Australia. Mm-hmm. Although we re- recently get, got one, Japan was the most recent. Yeah, Japan was the most recent. And we'll talk about that in a future episode as well. Uh, the only other interesting bit of uh, things we've come across lately is a very cool, and we'll put a picture of this up on the podcast, mm-hmm. a fellow named, uh, you feel, feel free to say that one, Don. Tor Ole Odin. You're very good. That's probably how it's pronounced. Anyway, he wrote us, and he says that as he listens to the podcast, he's been carving a headboard. Mm -hmm. So he's a wood carver, and uh, this is, uh, I don't know if he said it's his favorite kinky podcast, but I'm going to say it is, (laughs) he's not online to debate this at the moment. Exactly, exactly. But as he's listened to the podcast, he's been carving this headboard out, Mm -hmm. and it's been a very, uh, it's just fantastic, and we asked him if we could put a the headboard up on the webpage. He said, right. fine. And we are going to do that. Matter of fact, I might make that their... Well, I won't make that our new banner. Slave Gem will uh, not be happy with that. <laughs> we will put that. that up. It's absolutely amazing. So amazing. I'd love to see how creative people can be and how sexuality... I mean, because he says he's listening to the sexu- sexual podcast, uh-huh. you know, and how that inspires people and just brings up that creative energy. So, yeah, so speaking of sexuality in general, mm-hmm. I've noticed... Here at Babylon Rising, now Babylon Rising is a clothing optional event, and as such, there's people walking around Mm -hmm. with clothing as an option. There's some people walking around. I think the the most common view of not having clothing on, Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is what I'm seeing most often, 
is topless women. Right. Now, not all, I mean, a lot of people wearing their normal street clothes. A lot of people are wearing festival clothing, like yes. sarongs mm -hmm. and uh, holy clothing, holy clothing brand clothing. Right, right. Um, the Renaissance style looking. And, you know, some people are wearing their horns and they have their parasols and their leather masks. Uh, speaking leather of mask, which, but... speaking of which, and boys, you can relate <laughs> with this, I'm sure. I woke up this morning and I went through the t-shirts that I had available and I put on my nice OLF t-shirt from 2001. It's got a beautiful naked woman on it. Uh, and when you have a t-shirt that's 10 years old, but you only wear it 10 times uh, in 10 years, in 10 years <laughs> it's still in pretty good shape. And what does Dawn do? She writes, she puts on the exact same fucking t-shirt. And I didn't realize it though. Mine's in better shape. I haven't worn mine as often, but we don't get the opportunity to to wear it that much. And now we're wearing the exact same t-shirt. I know. It's just, it's annoying. <laughs> I don't know. We're already like alike Bobsy enough. twins. Yes. I knew you were going to say that. Do you know what a Bobsy twin is? I have no, no clue. No, me neither. I have no fucking clue. So, um, getting back to nudity. Oh, yes, right, yes. right, right. So we're here at Babylon Rising. People walking around topless. Some guys riding bicycles naked. Very mm -hmm. scary to me, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> he had padding. He had padding, yes. yes. Um, so, it, really interesting. At a clothing optional event, not everybody's going naked it's mm -mm. not a nudist event it's just it no. is an option and everybody's pretty comfortable it appears one way or the other i am not a nudist but i do like the opportunity because it's a communal shower right i have found myself walking from the pop-up to the shower and mm -hmm. back naked oh yeah because it's simple and it's it's kind of nice to be it dangling is. in the wind it, well especially as hot as it's been out yes. so you know you just get to dry off on the on the walk from the the pop-up to mm -hmm. the or from the shower so and and this land this is very beautiful land that's here and i think it kind of ex in, inspires the all natural uh, I think so as well. I mean, it certainly did uh, the very first time I was on this land. happens mm -hmm. to be the very first time I walked in public nude. Yes. Now, the, the interesting aspect about it is that because it's, a, um, it's basically a pagan festival with a sacred sexuality track. Yes. But that does not imply that if you're walking around with your boobies hanging out, that I should walk over and say nice boobies and give them a squeeze. Oh, exactly. Or even make... You know, con you know, make that, oh, look at your breast sort of thing. Right, right. Whereas at a kink event, you could probably at least make a comment. If somebody's got their boobs lifted up and it's a beautiful corset, you know, you can go up and say, sometimes, depending on the energy of the person, you know, mm -hmm. great cleavage or right. whatever. And, and they, they specifically put it there to be noticed. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, it's more of um, a, 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 a nudist sort of Flavor. Feeling, flavor, sure, right. Sure. So if somebody's got their breast, you know, exposed, it's because they want to be walking around nuded, nude, not because they, <laughs> <laughs> nuded, <laughs> not, not specifically because they want people to make comments. As right. a matter of fact, that may make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, really interesting. Um, and the, the tricky bit for me has been to be in the mindset that this is a pagan festival, right. not a alternative sexuality festival, not an alternative sexuality theme festival that we're used to going to. Right, right. It's just got its little piece. So, though I have seen some floggers, and we did put a good friend, oh, he was so happy. We put him in a rope harness yes. last night. He was so ecstatic. He's been asking for this for all weekend, and we finally had time to do it last night. So, And we got to share with him that he's part of many of the stories that we tell during our yes. presentations. Our encounter with him many years ago mm -hmm. was something that um, 
has just been, you know, it's certain situations come up, we refer to this person. And we'll yes. have to see him before the show's over so we can find out if um, we can use his name. Hell, let's have him sit down with us. Oh, that would be awesome. You know what, though, uh, I don't know how you girls can handle kissing a guy with a beard. I found it very scratchy and icky. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, um, let's go ahead and jump into our question of the day. Okay. Which is, what is our question of the day? Well, the question of the day is, and we're allowed to use this person's name. Okay. So, um, this comes from Amber the Rope Slut. Mm -hmm. So, how do you untrain an S-type, a submissive type, how do you untrain S-type behaviors that were taught by previous ownership? For example, you have a new sub that was previously owned and she was taught whatever, but that whatever is no longer needed, nor wanted by the new owner. How would you recommend to untrain those previously learned behaviors, protocols, etc.? And so, read that last line. If you use my no, question, the other line. Oh, the other line. Which one? Love you guys. Yes. Amber the rope slide. I like the fact that she said "love you guys." That's just <laughs> nice. That's nice stroke for my ego. Thank you. Um, so today's topic is uh, is about training, slave training. And we'll start off by talking about, well, how do you, as Amber the Rope Slut asked, how do you untrain? So in this case, we have somebody who has already been previously in a power exchange relationship. Mm -hmm. And they've been in it long enough. And they've had a, a dominant or a master or a mistress or whatever, capital letter type, that says, here's the way I want things done. Right. Now, the difference between a power exchange relationship and any other relationship that I know of any other healthy type of relationship, I should caveat, mm -hmm. is that there is part of the responsibility of the relationship is there's a level of training. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not to say, what is wrong with me that you need to fix it? Oh, yeah. And that was something that, that I had to um, get through my head because um, I'm from relationships and my experience with relationships are non-MS based, non-power exchange based. So if you want to change something within me... What's wrong with me that needs to be changed? Right. You know, um, so, sometimes we'll take that internally, forgetting that what we're looking for is results-based, you know, with the, right. with the training. Not necessarily, you're a bad person and I'm going to fix this about mm -hmm. you, you know. And um, sometimes that question comes up because of um, self-esteem. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you think you have a high self-esteem, when someone wants to change something about you, when you're being taught to be your authentic self... Right. It can get a little confusing. Sure, so. sure. But the key is, in a power exchange relationship, it is, among other things, it is an intentional relationship. Right. And it is a co-created relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's one that's done. When you and I began this relationship, we began with the idea of, here is where you want to be. Here's yes. the person that you want to create. Mm -hmm. Right? You know who you are, and you know what... Um, good qualities that you want to prop up, right. for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. and what bad qualities that you want to work on. Right. For example, um, and we will use you for an example, because okay. you're, you're the, on the podcasts, um, you had a bit of an anger issue when you and I started in our relationship. Absolutely. And you said, I don't want to be ridden by my anger anymore. Right. You know, I don't want to. I don't want that to be the controlling factor of how I respond to life. Right, right. So one of my responsibilities was to, to, to hear that, acknowledge that, and say, fine, I'm going to train that behavior out of you. Mm -hmm. Other behaviors that 
um, I wanted to train you, and I, and I do, would do this with anyone wearing my collar, is there's some protocol behaviors that need to be trained. Now, right. everybody may have their own. There's different protocols for different houses and different people and different parts of the, the nation and different continents and different countries as right. well, perhaps. Right. I have a set of protocols. Here they are. One, two, three, four. This is how I want certain things done. I want these things to happen in these situations. Um, and I want it to be a natural thing for you. So that's part of training mm -hmm. as well. The tricky bit to it is, so to, is to jump back to Amber the Rope Sluts question, what if you've already gone through this kind of training, right? Right, because something, something with the training will, anchors will develop. Mm -hmm. patterns will develop. When you're being trained, okay. you know, you are creating, like, a structure so that the results can happen. Does that make sense? So when you've been trained in one relationship, you know, it may be a little hard to untrain. You know, it's, it's kind of like if you're of one religion, you've been trained one way. Oh, good, good. Yeah. You good. know, and then it becomes, yeah, it becomes habit. And this mm -hmm. is the way you do things. And this is the expectations. And then you go into another religion, you know, that or spiritual path or whatever. You know, this is what, what calls to you. You know, this is where you're supposed to be. But some stuff is so ingrained from the first one that it takes a little while to, to pick up the rituals and protocols of the new one that really speaks to your heart. Sure, sure. Nothing wrong with it. I think it's, it's the way we're built. You just have to know that there's nothing wrong with it. Right. <laughs> so what I would do and what I have done when it comes to untraining somebody is the first thing, you have to set those expectations. Here's what I expect. Here's mm -hmm. the way I want this to go. Um, and to not use the – I mean, you can't use your previous training as an excuse why you're not doing it the new way. Right. That's okay in the beginning. Um, I never want to hear, well, old master said I had to do it this way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, that's okay as a con, uh, conversation, conversation piece. piece or to give me information. Right. But not as a defense to why you're doing it in a certain manner. That doesn't matter to me. Exactly. I, I need to know that from the beginning – aspects so I can say and so the first thing I want to respond to by hearing that is saying oh so old master always wanted you to bring him cold coffee at 6 a.m. in the morning mm -hmm. with one lump of sugar in it for example right. and I'd say ah okay well that's great I'm glad you brought that up I never want that to happen for me right here's what I want to happen now that kind of stuff with um, ritual or repetitive, that kind of service right. type stuff, that's easier to unlearn because you just go through the process. It takes a little practice. You just have to practice it. Just like you have to practice. I've never done this before. I've never, you know, I never, I'm not used to getting up and making the bed every day. Mm -hmm. So now you just have to practice. When I get up, the first thing I have to do is make the bed. Right. And, and be mindful, you know, be mindful in the process as well. So, you know, when it's time to get the coffee, you have to be in the present yeah. moment and if you are mindful in the present moment, it's easier to remember, you know, how this needs to be done. So. And that's a great, you know, um, reminder that as you are bringing this cold coffee, for example, if you're mindful of your service, you're mm -hmm. aware 
hey, mm-hmm. this isn't the way new master likes it or new mistress likes it. Right. So, And I'm speaking from experience here because not I did not have another master before, but you have changed over the years what you used to want Mm-hmm. Isn't always what you want. Sometimes that stuff changes. Yeah. So I'll have to learn a new pattern, a new ritual, as you know, as we grow and progress as people. Mm-hmm. So I have to be untrained from something you've trained me on to into something else. Right. Absolutely. Now, on a quick on a quick segue, the person we were talking about earlier in the podcast yes. has now sat across from us. Can we use your name on the Erotic Awakening podcast, or do you have a specific name you would like to have used? You can use the first name. Yeah. Okay. okay. Marty! Kisses, really, interestingly. But again, <laughs> the whole beard thing just does not work for me. If you would shave before the next time we kiss. No, I, I would look like a 12-year-old if I shaved. That would also <laughs> freak me out. Yeah. I think I would just not kiss boys at all anymore. <laughs> See where you've taken me? Mm-hmm. Back to hetero land for me. <laughs> so, um, again, it is a matter of practice setting... Here's now setting the way I want it done and uh-huh. practice, 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 right? right? Now, the harder things, it's easy enough, it's much easier to, to train somebody how to get your coffee, how to make the bed, how I want my shoes polished, than it is that natural, instinctive stuff that, like, say, if I came up to, if my submissive came up to someone and said, hey, you smell like a cow, right? <laughs> right. And oh, oh, no, old master wanted me to be very honest and always. Staying up for myself very directly and mm-hmm. never take no gumption from nobody. Right. That's a much harder thing to unlearn, relearn sort of thing, right? That characteristic type stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So, and like Dan said, that, that can be harder to do, but, um, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely doable. I mean, if he can train me not to react in anger all the time. Then and that literally that's untraining me from not necessarily a directive from a master, but just how I reacted to life in general. Right, right. So, so it's and and we talk a lot in um, where's the little bell that we ring for when we do a plug? We talk about we talk about slave (laughs) training in the book Living MS, obviously, because Mm -hmm. it's an important part of an MS relationship. Is the training right? It's something you have to do ethically. It's something that you have to do from a perspective of, you know, what am I, I did train you, for an example, I trained you to get wet when you suck my cock. Yes. <laughs> and that was nice, dirty, slutty uh, sex play. And Marty's not totally unfazed with that. He's more interested in his breakfast than, than how you suck on me. That's fine. <clears throat> so that is nice and naughty and it's fun, but that mm-hmm. has purpose as well. Well, that was what I wanted to bring up is that, you know, the master also needs to know the purpose behind his training. It can't just be random, random stuff. If, if he has the purpose in it, then he has the motivation into making it happen as well. Mm-hmm. And the and flip side, the submissive or the slave needs to, needs to make that decision, you know. Am I going to put the effort into learning these new protocols you know, for my new relationship, mm-hmm. there's got to be energy put in by both sides, knowing that there's something that needs to be retrained. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it's really just a matter of the same training modalities that you're going to use are the same training modalities that you're going to use. Absolutely. It's, whether you're retraining or untraining or training for the first time, mm-hmm. it may be some of those aspects are a little harder. Right. But don't use that as a defense. Um, use that as an opportunity to grow, mm-hmm. right? You might even 
Give yourself permission to never again say that, oh, old master told me to do it this way. Old mistress made me do it this way. Okay. To instead, instead say, thank you, mistress, for teaching me this way of doing it. I will strive to do it this way from now on. Exactly. Um, and that doesn't mean that old way or new way is better. No, it's, it's, it's just a different way. Mm-hmm. It is a different way to match the new relationship. Now, would you ever say that there are some common things that all healthy MS or DS training relationships include? I mean, we talked about your sluts training. Right. And that would not be in all training modalities. For example, I've never trained Slave Jim to do that. Right? She doesn't right. suck my cock. I don't care if she gets wet when she sucks my cock. That's not part of that modality. But is there stuff that should be covered in all training episodes? According to the book, Living MS, I yes. say yes. You say yes. There's well, a couple that's a things. good thing. Well, see, I did, I'm not the master, so I don't know if there are. <laughs> so I'm going to have to read that section if I ever get my own slave. Okay. You probably don't want to reveal to the podcast audience that you haven't actually read our own book. I have read it over and over. I know. Thank you, you. You're the editor. You actually have read the fuck out of it, to be honest. I think you're probably tired of reading the book at this point. <laughs> Uh, so some of the com- common things, if you're going to train a submissive or train a slave, um, one of the things that I think is very important to train your slave about appropriate displays of anger. Now, I understand that slaves are humans, and there will be times when you get angry. You're gonna get, they'll get angry at you. They'll get angry at traffic. They'll get angry at the weather. They'll get angry if their sports team loses a game. Yes. Those are all valid things. A, and, and I'm never, ever going to say you should train any emotion out of your slave, just like you should not, you know, your expectations in a poly relationship should never be, don't feel jealous. Right. Or your expectations when you um, go into a job that you don't get, don't be disappointed. Right. Allow yourself to feel whatever emotion you feel. But a well-trained slave, in my opinion, does not need to immediately display anger in public. And especially not in a protocol situation or at a respect or at a member of the community. Mm-hmm. You should not be a slave to your anger. You right. should be a slave to your master yes. or mistress. And that means learning some techniques that allow you to slow down and breathe and display your anger in a appropriate manner. An appropriate manner. Yes. One of the ways you can do that, a well-trained slave could simply take a deep breath. Um, and I won't go into the whole thing. There's a, there's a wonderful way to actually mm-hmm. train yourself out of that anger. But again, the key to that being, if Marty spills his uh, coffee <laughs> on your computer, you know, and you say... Please don't. <laughs> for purposes of this... No, we do not need that demonstration. You know, and if you give him a bunch of smack about that... Right. Um... Wow. That reflects on me. On you, on the house, on, yeah. (laughs) And it's not about not being human. It is about being the best you you can be. Now, absolutely, it should be addressed. Mm -hmm. It should be handled. But for you to go into a screaming fit is not how I want it responded. And it may well be that I told him to spill the coffee on your computer because I hate fucking PC. You hate my PC Your laptop (laughs) angers me. It angers me. Um, So... What do you think a tra- all slaves should be trained to do? I think all slaves should be trained on how to be mindful. You, yes. <laughs> I really believe in that. So um, I, 
actually everybody can use the technique of being mindful, but you know, as a slave, there's there's a lot of stuff for us to know, and most of us want to not just do service, but do gracious service, and mm -hmm. I don't see that as really being possible unless you're mindful of the moment. So many, many humans are spending a lot of time thinking about the future, thinking about the past, thinking about this, thinking about that, when in reality, we just need to be in the moment and be there for our master. So, and it's a skill that you have to learn. So, I mean, in this, in this society of multitasking, mm -hmm. being mindful is, is, can actually be a difficult skill to learn. I mean, just sitting here with a computer, you know, sitting here this morning with the computer, trying to get a little bit of stuff done. People were coming over and talking mm -hmm. and I really had to make the point of listening to them and not trying to do two things at once. Right. So very much about being mindful in the moment. Yep, I concur. And, and as a matter of fact, even in, in the section that I talk about training, I just say, refer to Don's section about being a slave when it comes to being mindful. Um, one of the other things that I think that all submissives and slaves should be trained in is the ability to listen. And this goes into what you were just talking about, right? Mm -hmm. When somebody's got their laptop open and you're trying to have a conversation with them and they're half listening, half what happened, half it. Um, a well-trained slave will listen to you and to everyone else and actually hear those words that are spoken. And, and that one that you and I get to work on on occasion mm -hmm. is waiting to respond to a question until the speaker has finished talking. Um, and even getting as far, so you take that, and the advanced methodology of that is to not formulate the answer mentally until the speaker is actually silent. Right, right. And that, that again... That is a skill that, you know, we need to learn. But it just seems to, um, I don't know why, but as a slave, it's just one that I really, really want to reflect. You know, as a human, I would like to respond to people that way as well. Sure. But it just seems very important because of the um, positions that were put, positions that were put in. <laughs> you know, but, but part of the reason that this is so valuable is because... As a master, I want to be able to say, uh, uh, Slave Jim, I want you to go to the supermarket today and pick me up my prescription. And while you're there, get my favorite sea salt peanuts. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you drop by and say, uh, Sir Top, thank you for allowing us to attend Beyond Vanilla. Beyond Leather. Beyond leather, right. <laughs> this is why, no, no, I did this on purpose, perhaps. I did not fuck up. I did that on purpose. A well-trained slave will, A, she doesn't need me to repeat all that because she was actually texting in the middle of that. Or she was thinking about, oh, boy, when I go um, stop by the whatever, you know, when I go to pick up his prescription, I'm going to stop by Dairy Queen and get a McFlurry or whatever the fuck. You know? Or if I made a mistake and she went to say, oh, Sir Top, blah, blah, Beyond Vanilla, Sir Top would say, what the fuck? That's not my <laughs> event. You guys, that's Beyond Leather is my awesome event. Yes. So a well-trained slave. I, you know, I hate, hate, hate the idea that either you will go, yes, sir, and because you don't want to come back and question me, you'll run off and do things wrong, mm -hmm. or you'll say, oh, what did you want me to do? I wasn't paying attention. Ooh. <laughs> yes. That's probably not a probably good not thing. Probably not a good thing. So. 
Now, Marty had just mentioned, and he didn't want to say it on the podcast, so we paused for a moment, <laughs> how important consistency was. And you said that was a really good one. It is a really good one. So, I mean, it, it's uh, the, the master will have to take the energy that's involved in being consistent when he's training because nothing is more confusing for a slave than to be told one thing, how to do one thing, how to do it one way one day and then a different way a next day. And, and that's different than just ha- changing their mind. Right, right. So that, that's different. I mean, Dan can tell me to get his coffee one way one day and then not, not like and tweak it and say, no, that really didn't work for me. Let's try it this way this day, right? Uh-huh. But then once you've tweaked it, it's consistent. I'm going to have to add uh, coffee to my list of fetishes because the show keeps coming back <laughs> to coffee. getting my coffee. I know, but, but we, we slaves, I guess, just need that consistency, you know, it's because we want to please. Sure. And, and if we, we want to please you and it's, it's one way one day and then we get punished for doing it that way the next day, then to me that's inconsistent. Oh, absolutely. As, as even more so than, than just tweaking something and changing it. And so. it far more reflects on the master than it does the slave. So, I think so. So, uh, and then the last one that we cover in the book was uh, train your slave to be respectful. Yes. And that is simply that, a, in our opinion, and, and I tell you, on FetLife, you hear a lot of people's opinions about how this should go. And we just had an interesting conversation on one of the message boards yes. uh, about this. But in my opinion, a well-trained slave should always approach everyone, be it master slave or anyone in the vanilla world, with an open mind. And a respectful tone. So, and yeah, and I totally agree with that. And in in this one thread, you know, someone someone asked a slave asked if they should be respectful, mm-hmm. and um, was was one piece of the thread. And I was kind of surprised with how many people came back and said, "No, you don't have to be respectful, and you're allowed to say fuck you." Right. And I, mm, I, to me, there's respectful ways of saying no, thank you. <laughs> Even in the situation, and one of the fun, one of the ones that people always quote on the old uh, in this discussion is, well, if some newbie dominant walks up to me and tells me get on your knees, uh, I'm just going to tell him to fuck off. I'm not their problem. Right. Right. And the reality is, if I'm a newbie dominant, how have I been trained to be a dominant? Exactly. And if I've been trained via some site like Collar Me, that might appear to be. I might think that is the appropriate thing to do. I don't expect the submissive to jump on her knees and say, yes, sir, Mm-mm. but I don't, ex- but I also expect the submissive, and, and in this case, I'll say a well-trained slave that I have trained at least, to be able to respond with courage and dignity and respect and say, sir, with all the respect, that's, that would offend my master, and that's not the way things are done. You right. have no connection to me. Right. You know? So, and kind of take it as a, um, a teaching experience without being rude. Yeah. You know, that's an opportunity to offer some knowledge, and you don't have to be rude about it. So, and, and if the person is doing it just because they are an asshole, master can take care of that too. Exactly. You know? And uh, now this does not mean, and I want to be clear about this, if somebody was to give you a bunch of grief, you don't need to run to me mm-hmm. to defend you. You're quite capable of defending yourself. You're Absolutely. quite capable of, you know, if somebody touches you inappropriately, you're quite capable of saying, hey, Jack. Mm-hmm. But this is a matter of, but you do not need to assume that someone is treating you disrespectfully. Right, right. So you don't have to assume that they're just being an asshole. Yeah. So, um, because some are 
literally, I mean, newbie doms can be a little shaky. I mean, they're looking for their seat of power. Right. And sometimes looking for their seat of power can mean that they can be a little bit aggressive. Yeah. And um, they just need to have opportunity, just need to have some more experience under their belt, like you said, to realize that that's not the way it's done. Yeah. So, but how are they going to know that? Instead, they're going to get a bad taste in their mouth and they're going to leave the community where they could have actually have turned out to be a benefit to the community. And, and we could go on and on about mm-hmm. the importance oh, yeah. of, of mentoring in the MS community, peer mentoring in the MS community and how important that is and how the internet community, in some internet communities, that kind of behavior is quite acceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for all I know, in some real-time behaviors. And, and we've heard some from people that in some real-time communities that behavior appears to be acceptable, which yeah. is an icky thing. So, um, that would be training, how to train your slave in just 20 minutes or whatever this podcast just did. Right. Um, are we done talking about that? I guess we are done talking about it. So, because it's, uh, training is also very individual, so we just kind of covered some good reasons for it and how to do it and, you know, from why there, it's yeah. important. And, and from there, it becomes individualized. From there, you have to decide what... Now, because there's so many different kinds of MS and DS relationships, mm-hmm. you have to decide where are you going with this. So are we a 24-7 loving relationship that's going right. to have one set of training requirements versus yeah, a sex slave mm-hmm. versus a service slave versus... Um, an objectification situation. Those are all going to have very different sort of training parameters. Understand what you're getting in yourself into mm-hmm. becomes very important because somebody may be wanting to train you as a sex slave and really all you want to do is clean. Exactly. Speaking of which, Uh-oh. if you made it this far into the podcast, I forgot about this. We have a contest. We do. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Okay. I, well, it's not really a contest because it's actually completely self-serving. The idea <laughs> of the contest was something along the lines of if you're a podcast listener and you've always thought to yourself, boy, I would love to have the opportunity to, to implement some of this stuff. I would love to just spend a weekend with Dan and Dawn being trained either as a service slave or as a sex slave or whatever uh-huh. training you feel you you have the desire for, right? Right. I would love to just spend a weekend with these guys and, and live this for a weekend. I've heard mm-hmm. their podcast. I've seen how much they present. I think that they are ethical people that will respect my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I would like to negotiate this situation and, and just spend a weekend getting into this training situation, right? And I was thinking, wow, that'd be a neat contest, right? But um, then I realized, you know what? Instead, of, I think that the contest is if you write us asking for that. That would be the contest <laughs> if, you, if you can... Use your email. Yes. That yes. would write us. So how could people contact us for that or any other Ooh, reason? Oh, nice segue. Why, thank you very much. <laughs> That's pretty good on one cup of coffee. Yes, exactly. So there's, there's a variety of ways of uh, getting in touch with us, as, as most people know at this point. And one of them is by email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com. And you could always call the fo- voice mail at 206 309 If you don't call it... I will. <laughs> Whatever that means. We love the feedback that we always get. and We try and touch on it. Uh, we all, but we also love when you go out to iTunes and rate our podcast. Uh, we do not have as many good ratings as the dog shit on my pillow podcast <laughs> yet. And that's very embarrassing for us. So please head out to iTunes and rate the podcast. Uh, oh. Tweeting about us is always fun. You can find our, our Twitter account is Dan and Dawn. 
Um, you can like us on Facebook. And you can like us on Facebook. Uh, and from there, let's read the big end bop. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Visit Adventures in Sexuality at adventuresinsexuality.org. Want to be part of the Erotic Awakening? Want to come serve Dane and Don in their little apartment home in Central Ohio? <laughs> Want to share about your favorite kink in events, podcast, or book? Want to come to an event someday and show us your boobies? Toss us an email <laughs> at daneanddawn at eroticawakening.com. Let's hear what you have to say. Erotic Awakening is grateful for the support of The Kink Shop. The Kink Shop provides quality merchandise at affordable prices and features various BDSM implements for lifestylers by lifestylers. Visit them online at www.thekinkshop.com. You, did you know you can buy the new book, Living MS by Dan and Dawn, as well as the Erotic Awakening t-shirt, a messenger bag, a coffee bug, again, back to the coffee, <laughs> or other shit by visiting the shop and support page of the Erotic Awakening website. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from any of the things sold on the site goes directly into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. Thank you for your support. <laughs> <laughs> for all your rope. Oh, Marty was in rope last night. Marty was in rope. Marty was in rope from Maui King. <laughs> yes. So for all your rope and exotic wooded toy needs, we highly recommend Maui Kink. Visit Maui Kink at www.mauikink.com. And when ordering, don't forget to select that you heard about them via Erotic Awakening on the checkout form. Music heard on Erotic Awakening is provided by Pocket Universe. Free music that has been crafted and designed for scenes that range from sensual to dynamic BDSM, visit them at www.pocketuniversemusic.com. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.